Blog Talk Radio. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. All right, welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show for Saturday, August 1st, 2009. I'm your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, and your co-host for today is Brother Blondie, coming at you live from Columbus, Ohio, with fresh news on victimization and fraud every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We have a great show for you this evening, but before we get started, let's lay down some rules. When you are calling in to speak or to give your comments, please turn down your speakers so that we won't have a lot of reverb going on. And that's all I have to say about that for now. So at this time, we'll be right back, and we will tell you what the great show is going to be about. We'll be right back. Thank you. 
if there was any victimization to be done and what lies went down. So uh, after this, we're going to also talk about a little bit about the NAACP business here in Columbus, Ohio, on police misconduct and abuse. And on your third, definitely we want to talk about Obama and, you know, Mr. Gates and also Sergeant Crowley, I believe that's his name, uh, and the beer that they had on the White in the White House, <laughs> and how did that come out as well, okay? And, uh, and, and after I get finished talking about these things, I would like you to listen to Brother Blondie because Brother Blondie be coming at us live with some really nice laid-back, Think about it, music. You know what I mean? And so, Brooke Blondie, I want to uh, give it over to you, and you tell the story of who was that in the middle of the night, it seems. Oh, well, the name of the jam is called All Day Music, and it's by the legendary group we all call War. And in honor of War, Lardy, Miss Clardy, uh, Brother Blondie will have a all war Saturday night on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk uh, Radio Show. All the music that you hear me play this evening 
will be by the legendary 70s and 80s band because you know uh when when we talk about R&B you you know if you want to talk about hip hop and R&B we miss I miss the band music of R&B but uh you but before we uh get on to the Michael Jackson uh update you you know some community uh news uh, updates that I want to explain to you uh, go right on ahead last night was the midsummer's night sip on miami avenue last night uh, at the ohio state fair i'm sure you females cuddled up with your with with your man your boyfriend your boo or whatnot when you heard the smooth bacon sounds of keith sweat as well as the soul sessions that went on last night the favor magazine's Summer Jam uh, session that also went on uh, yesterday, along with Thank God It's Friday. The Jefferson Community Farmers Market was this afternoon, as well as you know the Mount the return of the Mount Vernon Coming Home uh, Festival. You mean to tell me all of that was going on right here in Columbus, Ohio? Boy, we got a lot of great events happening. We also got an event that's coming up here. I think it's on the second. Yes, uh, the African American Male Wellness Walk. Uh, you know that starts uh, next uh, Saturday morning. The screening starts at seven, and the race starts at. Nine. Everybody uh, will meet at the neighborhood house at 1000 Atchison Street. And I want to apologize for, you know, sometimes I get my days mixed up. That's what I have a co-host here for. You know, thank you very much for uh, cleaning that up for me. And But definitely people need to know what's going on right here in Columbus, Ohio. we got some great events that's happening. Go ahead, Brother Blondie, and bring it on home about whatever it is about this Michael Jackson thing after you get finished here. Okay, well, well you know, one more quick uh, event, you, you know, to tonight in the short north, you know, every first Saturday of the month, there's a gallery hop. You know, great art paintings and stuff, you know, walk down the street, drink a glass of white wine, you you, you know, the smooth, you know, mellow breeze. But uh, uh, getting back uh, to start off with the Michael Jackson for once, there's some good news in the Michael Jackson uh, uh, situation. Katherine Jackson and Debbie Rowe has come to terms. Katherine Jackson will have custody of the kids, where the only thing Debbie Rowe will get is visitation. So no uh, <laughs> child support or anything needed. Uh, you, you know, for once, Maury Povich can stay out of this one, Wendy. Hey, do you think that uh, uh, Debbie Rowe feel victimized not having anything except just some visitations? Is she hot about uh, her not having her kids? Uh, Does she feel, you know, that there's been some lies portrayed about her? Well, no, and I have find, uh, as I always say on Straight Talk, the proof, the facts, and the evidence to back it up. How can how can Debbie Rowe feel victimized, Lardy Miss Clardy, when for one she was offered four million dollars to even marry Michael Jackson, and when they got a divorce, she accepted eight more million to stay away. Twelve million dollars 
does not equal victimization and fraud. Well, perhaps it might not be with her, but how does the kids feel? Is the kids feeling? I mean, I mean, of course they are in the middle of you know selling off some kids for big bucks. You know what I mean? And could the kids be feeling awful bad or feeling like, hey, okay, we're going into a family of you know of uh, legacy and what so? But our mama just sold us off for silence over. Uh, over those millions of dollars that she has decided to take in order to have the life that she wants to live, could the kids some way feel victimized, the lie, or 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 a lie in a life that, you know, that mama could have, you know, lied on them, lied to them about a life with their mother. I feel they feel more victimized, Lardy Miss Cardi off of the media scrutiny that their uh, father has been a victim of ever since 1974 when uh, the first ever Michael Jackson rumor was out about uh, uh, his his so-called affair with then Jackson 5 dance choreographer Clifton Davis before he became an ordained minister, before he did the series Amen before he did the ABC sitcom That's My Mama where they supposed to had a thing going on and Michael was supposed to have a sex change operation so that he can marry uh, uh, Clifton Davis. Uh, you, you you know, you want to uh, talk about, you know, Lardy Miss Clardy, how, you, you know, you've been a victimization of fraud for almost 30 years. I've been a victim of station of fraud for all 41 years of my life, and 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 you you, you know Michael Jackson been a, a victimization of of fraud ever, ever since he was five, or as uh, Brooke Shields would call him, slacker. <laughs> That's something right there. That's interesting. You know, taking um. Um, at this time, I want to say you got to definitely feel good about Brother Blondie because he comes with the real deal. He does his research. That's the show. And, you know, and it's such a pleasure to have him because, you know, uh, if you want to get the real about something, Brother Blondie has went to go. He went to Africa and back, you might as well say, to go and find the evidence the, the proof in the pudding for all the things that we ask about. You know, if anybody out there that's listening to this, you know, perhaps you might have some questions for Brother Blondie and uh, or, you know, having a comment on something. I think it's really important that uh, we have your views. And you can call in at the call-in number of 347-884-8684. And... Um, I'm really, I'm, I'm really thankful, you know, for this information because yes, we all uh, have have our time in life where we're victimized, and the kids, you know, I'm looking at what the kids might be feeling, you know, even though Michael has been victimized in his life, and everybody has, you know, but the ideal is, is okay, the settlement has come out. And here it is, uh, the ex-wife gets nothing but visitations and. Miss Catherine Jackson gets the estate with the kids and some support. So, you know, again, you know, 
of I'm looking at where you know where's the best interest of the kids involved in on this is the kids feeling any kind of way you know uh, have lost out I know they have daddies you know family uh and 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 things of that sort but you know what about Debbie Rowe they ain't got their mama or they're not living with mama, how would they feel about that? And, you know, we have right here uh, a caller that just got on the line here, and um, I'm going to bring that caller in. And this caller is, uh, I'm going to state your last four digits of your telephone number, and, and, you know, and if you have something to say, you're on the line to say it. Caller 5255, are you on the line? Yes, I am. And hello. How are you doing? Fine. And oh, we're great. I'm great. Hopefully, you know, even after the things that I've been through, getting here to even show show up for the show. So, you know, I'm I'm very happy that you've made it to want to call and and give your views or even give questions on some things that you might have questions about, you know, and if you'd like to say something, say something. You're on the line. Okay. Um, I just think it's wonderful that um, Debbie Rowe and Michael Jackson's mother, Catherine, did come into an agreement, and I think it's best for all parties involved, especially the kids that Catherine is going to keep custody. And I'll wait till later to say something on Obama and um, Professor Gates and the police involved. <laughs> uh, well, you, you you know what is it, uh, Miss Clark, that you want to say about uh, Obama and uh, Professor Gates? I think that Obama. Uh, I don't think he was wrong about what he said. I listened to his speech, and yes, he did say um, the um, Cambridge police acted stupidly. And my comment was, um, he's not going to apologize because I've never heard a black man apologize. But he did in a way because he he said he shouldn't have exactly said it like that, okay? And I think it was sad that – I think it's sad that black and Spanish men, like Obama said, are targeted by the police and stopped for no reason. This is an issue – in Columbus as well as all of America, and it's something we need to all work on. Oh well, uh, well, well you know that's all uh, fine and uh, dandy, sister. But getting getting back to, uh, our first topic, the uh, uh, situation with uh, Michael Jackson and uh, Debbie Rowe, uh, Lardy Miss Clardy asked me an interesting question that I wanted to uh, ask you. Do you feel that Michael Jackson's uh, children has been victimized in any way, shape, or form, or life? Uh, yes, they were kind of kind of victimized when they lost their dad. That's victimization kind of within itself. However, we know that some things in life we just cannot control, although children – that age is hard for them to really understand that we have to pass on from this life to the next one. And I think, you know, they had a doting father, and that's all they were used to. And, yes, it was a big, big change for them. However, 
kids are very adaptable and they do bounce back. And I, I, they seem to be um, doing pretty well with because they have Catherine and Mike's got like eight other siblings and they have kids and family. So, you know, they have a lot, a lot of loving support around them. Uh, yes, uh, you 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 know they they they, they most definitely uh, uh, do, and I also want to ask you this about this uh, uh, Michael Jackson uh, uh, story. Of course, you know this uh, past week, uh, the Las Vegas police has raided uh, uh, Dr. Conrad Murray's uh, home as well as his uh, uh, Las Vegas uh, office. Do you yeah. feel, uh, Miss Clark? that Dr. Murray and all of the other doctors that uh, Michael Jackson had should be held somewhat accountable for uh, his addictions or at least not they should at least put some type of effort into uh, uh, any type of intervention like a real doctor should? Absolutely, absolutely. They should be held accountable. Because you are a celebrity and you have an addiction, you should not feed that addiction of being an enabler. And they are professionals and they know this. It's just like, you know, like it's all about the dollar when the day is through. No, doctors have an ethical responsibility. And I don't care how much money a celebrity like Michael offers them, they are what they should have been doing was offering to help him get into rehab and to contact his family and let them know he has a problem it needs to be dealt with it's not being dealt with he's just going from doctor to doctor yes all of them should be held accountable michael was uh, a beautiful caring person he was an icon he brought love and entertainment to millions all over the world yes they should be held accountable yes and, and, and you know uh uh, one more uh, Michael uh, Jackson uh, question, and and, and, and you know, uh, Miss Clark, this this is about you know Michael Jackson's legacy as uh, far as his uh, uh, music. Uh, the, was you ever jamming off his hits from Off the Wall and Thriller and Bad? You, such great hits like Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, Rock With You, Working Working Day and Night, Billy Jean. We was uh, we were all even when I was little. I mean, we all were jamming off of. He was a fantastic artist. He was a musical genius, and he was just an icon. And in my eyes, he was, like they said, the greatest entertainer of all time. And yes, I jammed. I, everybody jammed off his music in the United States, from in the United States all the way to Africa and all in between. You know what I'm saying? Yes, he was an icon and. I, it was a great loss to everybody in the United States and all around the world when um, the doctors didn't do their job. And, yes, I think doctor, especially Dr. Connor, should be held accountable because I believe, I think it's kind of obvious that Michael was dead long before he actually got on the phone, which this may be a fear factor because anybody will be scared if someone dies in their presence and, you know, they're the only ones there. And it was more fear because Michael, because of his celebrity status. And this is more reason why he should have been more careful 
about what he was doing. I understand he was in debt. They're finding that he owed the IRS and this, that, and other. But, however, you should use some ethics, and you should have really helped Michael. And even if he was taking that type of drug to sleep with, that's not supposed to be out of the hospital, that doesn't mean it's okay for you to administer it to him. Okay, I want to ask a question. I want to ask a question to you. What, sweetie? Now, did you did you say that he needed to go? Well, you're talking about the doctor that uh, administered the drugs into Michael Jackson that caused the death. He needs to go to jail, correct? And yes, and the other one. Wait a minute. Was, he wasn't the only one giving him. Well, absolutely, drugs. absolutely. He was, but he was familiar with this drug long before that doctor came along. Okay, now hold on, hold on there. Now, what the question that I wanted to ask to that is that in the familiarity of Michael Jackson being involved with drugs prior to all of this, do you think that uh, this has uh, have caused in his life to be open to being victimized? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, explain as to why at that. And before you explain this, let me, uh, let me before you explain it, let me just make sure that, you know, any other callers that have gotten on that may be listening or may want to give a view and comment, just remember that as you come on, the rule that we have suggested is, is when you come on to want to give comments, Please turn your speakers down on your phones or whatever that it is that you're listening to the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. That way that, you know, we won't have what you call a big old reverb bouncing off and carrying on where, you know, other people cannot listen uh, even after the show is over. And I, I thank so much for that. And back to you, caller, as I asked that question when I said that, do you think from him being familiar with all of what his drug use may have been about, has caused him to be ultimately victimized. Absolutely, because anybody that is addicted to drugs are going to be, they're left vulnerable and open because they need the drug, and therefore, you know, they're, they're open to be victimized by people that are enablers and that can get them the needed drugs. Okay. Okay, and that's a good that's, that's good. But, but I don't I think all of his addiction I don't think it was real bad from the burns. I think he was using but I think that what really killed Michael is America. First white and then black America behind saying that. That's foul. Explain okay. that, but I want you to explain that. I want to hear that. Yeah, I want Whatever. you to explain. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Give us time to talk. Hold on. Give us time to talk because we still have to moderate this. You know, we want you to be specific when you take and you say, you know, that what killed, uh, killed Michael Jackson was America first black, I mean first white, then black. Be detailed and be specific when you say that. We want to hear why you said that. I killed him because when they tried him and he got found guilty, they publicly said on air, he will never sell a record here again. Mm -hmm. Michael went to a deep depression. 
and they were making comments about and mocking how he talked, 107.5 would mock how he talked. We don't have your little kids around me. They would just make all type of comments. How do you think this made a superstar feel? Here's how it made him feel. He went into a deep depression. It was a recluse. He wasn't showing his face. He went overseas. Then he came back, and he literally stayed in his house. His family did all they could. but the Now, death, how did you get this information? How did I get the information? Yeah, how did you know? Uh, hold on, just hold that thought for a minute. We, uh, we're going to have to take a break, but we're going to come back to you, and we're going to talk about this, and I want you to just resonate on the thought process of how did you, uh, how did you get this information to be so for sure to say that America killed him? Hold on that America killed him first white and black. And just just reflect on that just for a minute. Let me go to a break for a minute, um, and then we'll be back and we'll finish it up right there because this is very interesting, and we're glad that you are here on the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show to tell it as it really is. We'll be right back. Let me get over here. See y'all.
Ah, sucks now. Here we go again. Here we go again. Definitely that this is awesome. This piece of music that is, I guess, that's going to play for the duration of uh, our our time being on the show. Um, Again, I'll let uh, Brother Blondie state those those things, you know, I leave all the music to him. He's the guru in that area, you know. I think it's a good thing. And uh, getting back to making sure that all the listeners that may want to call in and make comments and 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 say what you got to say, standing up, speaking up, and speaking out. Hello. Yes, we're here. It's just that I'm hearing some static somewhere. If you have your uh, speaker up, turned down, my phone's turned down. And if there's anybody else that's out there that is also have speakers that are up, please turn them down because you can hear the reverb. Um, where you real we're utilizing the mute in the mute unmute button so to try to keep some things down, but definitely I would like to make sure that that's out there so that you will know um, if you're trying to talk, you know that we need that 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 turn down your 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 uh, speakers, please. And for all those that are just listening or want to call in, call in number three four seven eight eight four eight six eight four. And I would like to get back to the subject, but we're only going to give two minutes to this subject uh, to the last caller because we must go on with the show. We have Obama-Rama happening. You know, we want to get to that. And so if there's anything that's left to say, there's another caller that's online, and if that caller wants to speak, you will have after the two minutes with with the last caller that we were speaking with, you will have also those last two minutes before we go on to the next. So I want to ask, 1407, if you want something to say, have something to say, and you're on the line. Hello? Anybody there? Well, perhaps this caller right here wants to just be silent and listen in. So we will let that caller listen in, and we will go on to our next call here. And so, again, oh. we are on the subject. Hello, we're on the subject of Michael Jackson and the victimization with his children or with, you know, with him himself. We just want to know if, you know, this man has uh, had his heart and the last caller that we were talking to, um, definitely she had brought up a very good point and she had brought up some, some, some definite things that I want to know. How did she get this information to be so sure? So we're going to go back to this caller, 5255, and we're going to put her back on the line so that she can finish up. Caller, you got two minutes to wrap it up because we definitely got to go to the Obama-rama, okay, because definitely we got to do that too. So we want to hear, you know, uh, your last two minutes on talking about how did you get this information to be so sure about what you just talked about concerning Michael Jackson. Give us that. Because I'm a social student by nature and – Michael Jackson 
has been a celebrity. First of all, he was very, very poor, and all of a sudden he came into all this money. But he didn't do what most people did. He built Neverland and gave children a chance to have a beautiful life of a child that he was denied because he was made grown far too young in life, as Brooke Shields said. When he was going through trial, the prosecutor, I told you I was going to get him. I told you I, because he was so sure, which makes me wonder about his background. However, in trial, if you recall, Michael fell out and had to be taken to the hospital twice because this man's a celebrity. How do you think he feels when these people are up there talking about him being a pedophile and he loves children? And after well, can the I ask this question? Well, can me. I ask this question? Wait a minute. Let me, I mean, if you're saying something, I just want to get to this one little piece. So if they're saying that he's a pedophile, you know, why aren't they saying something about them children that, you know, that has been in his life? That's why I was asking was his children, uh, you know, victimized underneath, you know, the cloth of their father, you know, because the, the, I'm looking at the mainstream media that, you know, um, eventually something is going to come up about that. It's not right at this moment, but them kids is going to have some kind of flare-up behind that, I think. Hello? They did not. They did not get off even after he died. They were still. When he just was weird, he was, oh, he wasn't weird. He wasn't unusual. He was a normal rock star. They dressed unusual and had prints and all of them since the beginning of the culture era. Okay? Mm-hmm. And they didn't stop talking about it until the white guy from England publicly told him that he had hypnotized him. However, after they said he would never sell record here, he left the country. He came back. No one hardly ever seen him because he was a recluse. And when he was, why he was being a recluse, his drug habit grew to unusual proportions because of his depression. He was depressed about how America was treating him, as if, even though he was found guilty, that he was still a pedophile. Well, uh, you, 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 you know, and, it's and, a pretty and, interesting... And people, excuse me. White people make comments, oh, you don't want your kids around him. Black people got up on 107.5 in Columbus and other black stations and mocked how he talked real soft and said, well, I would never have my kids around him. You know, until after he died, the guy finally said that he asked him, "What did you molest them kids? And he said, no, never. Uh, uh, until uh, that you. point, everybody Give me time out. Thank you very much, uh, 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 Miss uh, Miss Miss Clark, on your uh, uh, analysis with uh, M- Michael Jackson. One of the uh, one of the things that I do do agree with you on, uh, you you know, as far as from a music uh, standpoint, because his his final ever CD, in, Invincible, which was re- released in two thousand one, you you want to talk about how the media was uh, critical of that. That CD sold 9 million copies, 
and called it a, a flop, where where any other recording artist, uh, Lardy Miss Clardy, who who would have sold uh, nine million uh, uh, copies, they would be nominated for uh, four, five, ten Grammys and uh, uh, all uh, all that type of stuff. But but I really appreciate your uh, comments on um, uh, Michael Jackson. But uh, we we're gonna switch uh, now to the story on uh, Barack Obama and uh, how he uh, wanted to call truce between Professor Gates and Sergeant Crowley. And, you you, you know, Thursday night they had a beer. It it was in all the uh, mainstream media, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, 4, 6, 10, 28, 53, BT. It it was on all the... uh, 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 channels uh, uh, showing showing that, and, and you know, be, be, before I uh, let you, Lardy Miss Clardy, uh, voice your your opinion on it. My opinion on the uh, uh, truce, I I felt it sent a bad message to uh, uh, bl- uh, Black Americans because you know, see, we're different from white people in terms of our uh, 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 privacy. When we get in the house, you know. We don't change clothes with the curtains and all that wide open and and, and, and lights all on and all all, all all that stuff. You, I mean, you know what I'm saying. You you we're we're, we're more private and and, and, right. and you know, uh, black people are normally you, you you know louder. You you know when we speak, even when we speak soft. So so you know what does that say? You know when we have uh, you know, in terms of freedom of speech, what happens when we can't say what we want to say in the privacy of our own home? And I also have videotape evidence to to, uh, to show the uh, racial comparisons. Now, Sergeant Crowley uh, pointed out that uh, Professor Gates was belligerent and, you know, was talking about his mama and all that type stuff, and that's what led to the arrest. Well, let me tell you something. I've seen the episodes of cops, uh, world wildest police moments, real stories of the highway patrol, where white state troopers pull over white motorists all the time and issue them uh, speeding tickets. And I see white motorists get angry, get irate, cuss out the cops, call them every single name in the damn book, and the police do not arrest them. What they say is, you have a nice day, sir, you have a nice day, ma'am, and go on their <laughs> merry way. So, so, Lardy, Miss, Miss Clardy, I want to ask you, how do you feel about uh, those type of racial comparisons? Because remember, to my audience, no one, that's been more of a victimization of fraud more than Lardy Miss Clardy herself. Well, definitely I want to say is to each his own when it comes to freedom of speech. You know, freedom of speech is everybody's right according to the Constitution. But then there's a such thing as called uh, be careful of what you say, having wisdom. Now, even though we have whites 
you know, that will speak to their own kind, any old kind of way, because they have been brought up. This is my perception. It doesn't have to be true, but it was my perception of, of what I've seen is that they've always had a right to speak up because they always looked at themselves as being supreme, you know, to every us being in color. You know, but then when you have, you know, the minorities, which is the African-Americans or prior before African-Americans became African-Americans and we were just black, you understand what I'm saying? You know, we've never had that opportunity to have to have free speech because we was always shut down because of slavery issues. This is my perception. And so, therefore, when you're looking at white versus black in that perception, definitely you have to look at it as where wisdom lie at because it rains on the just as well as the unjust. And being that, you know, I am a black female, you know, or what they call now an African-American female, you know, um, definitely you have to watch how you conduct yourself. And any more, you know, now that we're talking on police brutality and abuse, we definitely have to uh, have to worry about our conduct and how we how we uh, look and view uh, the police when they are in our face and talking to us. So, I feel again that it's a it's a it's it's, it's a judgment call, and it, to each its own. You know, I won't talk irate to you, but definitely if I learn to get educated on what's my rights and my constitutional rights, I'll take you to court and we'll litigate. How about that? You know, but to literally have them a reason, give them a reason to say, I'm going to put another charge on you and, you know, because of your misconduct, knowing that I am a African-American a female or a person, uh, individual, period, would be like committing Harry Carey. So, you know, I won't talk irate. You know, I will be polite. And But my ideal is if to be educated and be prepared for all things because victimization just don't come by you not saying anything. Victimization and fraud comes from just being who you are. Exactly. Well, I, you, you know, the reason why I defend uh, Pro- Professor Gates, Marty Miss Quarty, because he went by the Wendy Quarty Families and Victims of Fraud playbook to stand up, speak up, and uh, speak out. Now, my issue of that in terms of freedom of speech, I definitely believe everybody, black or white, or Latino, or uh, Somalian, has the legal and ethical right to say what they want to say in the privacy of their own home. A perfect example, if a white man calls you a nigger in his own house, you can't file a racial uh, discrimination lawsuit because they're going to say he said it in his own home. Okay, and that you would say that, Brother Blondie, and I thank you for your view on that. But also, you know, when you're, when, you know, everybody has a way of thinking, whether they poor or whether they rich or whether they got ethics or no. 
everybody has the right to react any way they want to react in the privacy of their own home. You were just asking me personally how I would view it. Right, right. Okay, and so I'm saying that I wouldn't be Mr. Gates whether I was rich and knew the president. You understand what I'm saying? Or got the backup because, see, in my mind, I, you know, carry a big stick. You know, walk softly and carry a big stick. And so my ideal of that is to stay educated and up on what's my rights you know, and also understanding the ethical point of view of it, of moral courage, when to speak and when not to speak is a judgment call. And so some things when you know that, you know, you're in public eye or you know or you just a regular Joe on the street, the whole ideal is, is that everybody has their perception of thinking and how they want to uh, approach a situation per their constitutional rights. But I would rather be educated and litigate than rather say anything, especially if the cop come to my house and knock on my door and, you know, and he ain't got no reason to be there and he's still there, then I have to get educated on how to get rid of him without having to say to him anything. But you're on my property. No, I don't need your services. I didn't call 911. And and thank you very much for, for coming to see if it was us that needed your services. Now, after that, and he want to say something to me, I will continue to be kind and nice to him in an educated way and then go to court. That's what I would do and litigate. And if the courts want to get on their side, I will guess I'll just be fighting the courts. You know what I mean? Because victimization and fraud or lies don't just come with just being, you know, just knowing what your rights is or, you know, whether you're rich or poor. It's who you are. And and having said that, though, Lardy, Ms. Cardi, it's uh, interesting that you, uh, uh, you know, the difference of, you know, how you will handle the uh, situation because I've noticed that within the past year, you've pissed off the judicial system even more by just displaying paperwork and pointing as <laughs> as opposed to getting irate or getting a, 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 a belligerent. And I'm, I'm sure their faces were damn near red when you pointed out, well, this says right here, Your Your, your Honor, or Sir, this says this, or, or Ma'am, this... Right, right here on on the highlighted uh, portion says you're not allowed to do this, or this highlighted portion says this person was was wrong. And 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 I hate to say this, uh, 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 Lordy Miss Carter, but I also think that uh, uh, people in the judicial system, uh, no matter what race, they don't like to admit that they're wrong or that they messed up. Or, or, or you know that they human and uh, mistakes uh, uh, do do happen, but but I'm uh, and and now I'm go- I'm going to be quite uh, uh, different, and, and, and you know uh, I've I've been mad at uh, po- uh, po- police officers, and and, and and you know I had to and 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 I had to learn learn, learn to keep my uh, c- uh, c- composure. But getting back to uh, 
for uh, Barack Obama, I, I, uh, and, and this is just my my personal take on this party. I I I, I think him having a beer with uh, uh, Professor Gates and Sergeant Crowley, you, you you know everybody in the media and, and you know white people want to see it as as you know let's get past that and uh, move move on. I personally feel that it was a it, that it was a big major setback because it, it by that truth it tells me personally that that the police can knock on your your your, your door question you now the police officer's job any uh, job lardy miss clardy is to follow the evidence and to go by proof once professor gates showed sergeant crowley Proof of his residence. Sergeant Crowley should have went on his merry way, regardless of what uh, uh, Professor Gates said. I don't care if he says something about his uh, 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 mama. So so what? I mean, pardon my French, but if I tell anyone one to kiss my you-know-what, what, what, uh, Oh, thank you. That was a cool glass of water going down, Brother Blondie. Ooh, I told you this is the gang man right here. So just look at you know he getting better, y'all. He getting better. I mean, well, you uh, you you know I'm in that I'm in the well. That's only because I'm playing some mellow music. You now you know if I was not now if I was playing some hip hop, I, I I would go wrong. Hey, he probably I'm would. Yes, but, he would. You guys, yes, he as, would. But, but as far as uh, you, you, you know, the the bottom line is, you you, you know, we're, we 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 want to talk about what message did uh uh, and, and I want to ask any caller uh out there, uh, what message do you feel uh the meeting between Barack Obama, Sergeant Crowley, and Professor Gates? Uh, have I just gave my personal uh, opinion? And anyone wants to uh, uh, dive in along with the callers that we already have on the air, please call us at three four seven eight eight four eight six eight four. Now three four seven, that's a Brooklyn area code. So those out there in Brooklyn, New York, we love you. Please call in and and talk to. Two extraordinary talk show hosts broadcasting live from Columbus, O-H-I-O. Yes, I have been trying to say something, but y'all kept cutting me off. I said, excuse me, excuse me. I agree with you, Brother Blondie, and I feel like um, that Crowder, whatever his name is, kind of overstepped his bounds. However, was it, did um, Professor Gates admit to saying all that to me, Brother Blondie? Uh, uh, can you repeat the question, Ms. Clark? I said, I agree with your opinion that it does send a kind of mixed message, especially to the Afri- African-American community. However, was it, did Professor Gates ever meant to be what he actually said to Crowder or whatever his name was? Was he actually really being belligerent? 
What did he say to him? Was it what? Did he ever admit anything? Uh, all he all he really did, uh, uh, ma'am, was uh, you you know he got mad and said a smart remark about Sergeant Crawley's mama. I mean, uh, you you know it was simply out of frustration. You you you, you know the uh, you don't uh, have to because the, uh, the, the, the yeah. bottom line is. Not only was Sergeant Crowley is totally wow. at fault, but right. he also filed a false uh, p- police report because in the police report uh, he said the woman, the woman uh, the, that's Portuguese descent, because she uh, called for a press conference. They released the 911 tapes. Uh, the 911 tapes does not match Sergeant Crowley's police report. Where in his report, the woman described. Uh, both men's races, where the 911 tape clearly contradicts that, where uh, she didn't de- uh, de- describe uh, uh, any race. But and and here's the bottom line that that, that I want to uh, uh, say be, before I get back to Lardy Miss Clardy. No one in the world values their privacy more than black women. And for you, 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 you know, this this has to scare y'all. I mean, it's 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 bad enough enough that that your abusive man can bang on your door unannounced, uninvited, say what, what whatever he uh, wants to say. But uh, when a officer, when a police officer who is supposed to uh, serve and protect. Yeah, as a up, peace officer. Yeah, and 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 uphold. I mean, this has to be very di- uh, di- di- disturbing. As a young, strong black woman, uh, uh, Lardy Miss Miss Clardy, do you feel that if Sergeant Crowley knocked on your door, and no matter how cool, calm, collected that you may be, would you still feel that your uh, your rights uh, or your uh, uh, person would be violated. Would you feel violated? Yes, yes. Well, I will say this. It depends on how uh, Sergeant Crawley came to my door. If he came to my door, you know, you have you have two types of language. You have body language and verbal language. And, you know, you have to be able to discern and decipher which one is the true language, you know. And so if he came to my house and knocked on my door with a, with a, uh, a voice or, you know, just in conversation, kind, but his eyes is talking about, you know, or his body language is talking about, you know, you say something wrong, I'm going to whoop your can, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, he's got the uh, nonverbal communication that's negative, I'm going to follow with the nonverbal. And even with the nonverbal, because I'm a woman that dictates to have wisdom, again, that well, I'm sure that it would be BS to you, uh, Brother Blondie. But for me, you know, I'm an individual that shared the right of free speech in a way that is going to go in my favor. Now, you're talking about a personal person, person that's talking from from a personal perspective. I am not going to allow 
his disposition to put me in danger to the point where, you know, he's going to stack a charge up on me where I can't fight in the end. Because, see, again, you have to look at two perspectives, nonverbal and verbal communication. And either one could be detrimental to me. So even if he seemed to be kind in voice, but his disposition and body language is saying, you know, if you say something wrong to me, I'm going to, you know, uh, 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 say something to you to get in sight a daggone argument, and then I got you on a charge of misconduct. You digging what I'm saying? I'm not trying to get there. So whatever Mr. Gates and 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 Sergeant Crawley went through, you know, again, you know, if you're not really uh, uh, discerning or paying attention to a disposition of verbal and nonverbal communication, you can be drawn into any type of situation that can cause an altercation or cause you to go to jail or cause you to be in stuff that will take everything you got. But the point is, is that it's on you how you, you know, express your freedoms of speech. That's 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 my point of view on that. And so, Brother Blondie, you know, we're going to come back to that, and we're going to have caller 5255 have, you know, maybe five minutes of what she wants to talk about concerning this, and then, you know, back to you on it. But we're going to take a break and hear some more music, and we're going to reflect on just a bit that we just heard. Okay, we'll be right back right here on the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show.
Ah, yes. Yes, yes. There is a time for peace, but then there is a time for war. And so, again, I will leave that music to Brother Blondie to tell you about who and what was playing, but we know that there's a time for everything, so we must be at war. That's a clue, y'all. But I also want to say thank you again for listening to the Lardy Miss Cardi Blog Talk Radio Show, and always we have interesting topics that we come up with that you can call in and share your views or, you know, just as a guest come on to the show and, you know, give us the topics and subjects you want to talk about. And you know you can call in to listen to us if you choose to at 347-884-8684. That is 347-884-8684. Now, we said that we was going to resume the Obama-Rama and we're talking about Obama, his, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Gates or Mr. Gates, the gentleman that, you know, obviously had an issue, and Sergeant Crowley. And I believe that um, it's time to hear what our caller has to say about those things, but not until after we have gotten with Brother Blondie with what was that playing on the radio and, you know, and tell us a little bit about that. Why are you playing this song? Why are you playing these songs? You know, I want to know that. Well, first, you know, play back what you just what you just played and, and, and just give us a small synopsis, maybe two minutes worth of why you, what made you choose this particular music? Well, uh, before I mention why the song you just heard from War is the song <laughs> Me Me and Baby Brother and the song you heard before that on the last music break was the Cisco Kid. I just wanted to give the group uh war my uh props as you know, people say you don't hear good music like that no more and that's because in today's R and B, Lardy Miss Clardy, uh there are no more bands. There are barely ever do you, you know, male or female groups, uh Per, per, per se, so, so you know, I just, I just wanted to uh, give tribute to the uh, live band music that you used to hear on the radio all the time, as compared to That's the awesome. uh, up to date now computer magic per se. Uh, uh, T Pain sound like uh, 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 music. So, to, so you know, I just wanted to uh, uh, give you, you, you know, uh, my uh, personal. Uh, a uh, tribute to uh, uh, Lee Oscar. Uh, that's that, that's the band leader of uh, uh, War. You, you you know a great group out out uh, in the seventies and eighties. Uh, uh, and I and I will on the next War song, uh, Lardy Miss Clardy. It is going to be dedicated uh, to uh, Barack Obama, uh, Sergeant Crowley, and Professor Gates. <laughs> Uh, that's going to be interesting, definitely that. Thank you, Brother Blondie, for that. And, you know, before we face off with our caller, you know, where she will have communication for five minutes to talk on this subject because she's very learned. I, I, I am enjoying her uh, her views and her comments, 
and and her expertise, you know, on on such subjects, and that you know she's very learned, and I could tell that you know she's researched and and followed a few things in her lifetime here to be able to have a stance so strong. And so before we get to that, I, I want to now we may not be able to get to the NAACP business uh, like I like to. But, you know, before we get there, you know, before the night's over with, you know, there's going to be some inspirational things that I am going to be saying along the way and also some information that I have gotten, uh, which I will talk about that briefly and then as time go on, you know, introduce more of it to you. Um, I have found an art, found a, 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 a piece of a document that came from the Internet, and it's come from the Fault Toolbox advice for victims, and it comes also from the Internet National Fraud Information Center Watch, and they give you tips for helping fraud victims, and they say here that fraud victims may feel a range of emotions from anger and a sense of betrayal toward the perpetrator, shame and embarrassment at having been taken, guilt for losing money that was needed to support their families, or that they intended to leave to loved ones, fear of financial insecurity, concerns about their physical safety and that of their family members, fear of criticism by family members and friends, anger that no one prevented the perpetrator from committing the fraud, uh, frustrations that no one can immediately stop the, the perpetrator and get the money back, concerns that they may lose their independence if their ability to manage their own affairs is questioned by others. Now, this is just a synopsis of tips for helping fraud victims that's coming from uh, the Fraud Toolbox for Advice for Victims. And it came from the Internet International or Internet National Fraud Information Center Watch. And, you know, from time to time I will be putting some of this information out here because I find them because I am especially interested in people that have been victimized and lied to. Ultimately, that's what fraud is, a lie. Victimization is a lie, too. But, you know, nevertheless, you know, that's my expertise, and I would like to bring to the table to those that are listening, you know, some tips here and there that I find that are soluble solutions to a problem that we all face. And so with that, um, I'm going to uh, just tease you a little bit, but I'll be back to talk more on the Internet uh, uh, information fraud watch and give you some of those tips because they have some interesting things in here. And perhaps later down the line, I will be also uh, talking on some inspirational things because we need inspiration. Our job is to inspire people to do and to be the best that they could be in spite of the way that we are being treated. This is even for celebrities, Obama and all the rest. Everybody gets victimized, gets talked about, and done in from one time or another in their life. And our, our part to play in this is to find, you know, soluble solutions to a problem and to help people to heal and to help people to uh, become, you know, fighters as well, overcomers. That's what we do. 
So back to 5255, and I would like to have you to speak five minutes on your perspective of how you would feel if this was you in the place of of um, Professor Gates and 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 Sergeant Crawley came to your house and said something to you that you didn't like, how would you deal with this? And do you think that Obama handled it, handled this situation, uh, you know, righteously, or that might be a, a word, better, a less word, better for a better word, but, you know, do you think that he handled this the right way by having a beer with them at the White House uh, to solve the problem between, uh, you know, you know, uh, what's his name again, Professor Gates and, and, and Sergeant Crawley. Do you think that he did it the right way? Caller, let us know what you think about this. you got five minutes. Um, I'm going to try not to take up five minutes, um, Lordy Miss Clardy. However, um, if they came to my house, I would basically follow the scenario that you follow because body language is important. Um, and I would try not to get belligerent. However, I'm a female and I'm kind of in a different um, position. I'm the fair sex and men basically like square off as a muscle deal and we're not built with muscle like guys are, unfortunately. However, um, and I think Obama did basically the best, best he can. Um, um, I don't know if I handled it like him. The only thing I think that he did say wrong was he was speaking with the woman that he had dealt with in Illinois when they had basically right after when they let 12 guys off death row that were all black, had them on Oprah, and he implemented the law that any time a capital serious case was involved, they had to videotape it to stop racism within the police force. That's Mm -hmm. the one Mm -hmm. I was talking to. First of all, I don't even think she should have asked him that because he said at the beginning of when he talked, he said, that's my friend, my answer will be biased. He openly said that when he first started. But the only thing I think that he said wrong, not really wrong, but I would have said it, what I would have said is statistics and studies show that African-American and Hispanic men get stopped just because they are African-American and Hispanic. But my issue, what else I wanted to say is I, I think the woman that, Call the police, should be in jail. For so be me and you, we will be in jail. And she made a false report. Okay, even if she wasn't the neighbor, Cambridge is a very small town. Evidently, she rides through that area quite often. And I'm very okay. Curious. Wait a minute. I think I think I'm lost. You know, because I don't know what does this have to do with the um, the Professor Gates and Crowley situation. Okay, you know, kind of like slowly guide us in because um, this is, we're talking about Obama and, you know, what's going on with him. Okay, I've already said, but I wanted to also say that I feel like the woman that first made the call should be in jail. 
Because well, well, who is this person that you're speaking about now? Because I'm lost. The woman that called the police on Professor Gates should be. Okay, now how did she come into the view? I thought that the Sergeant Crawley came up to his porch and knocked on his door. Before he he had to be called to come up to the to the door. Nine one one told him to come up to the door. And how nine one one got the call was from the woman and I feel like she should be in jail. She now tell us why did you think that she needed to be in jail? So you think that definitely uh uh Professor Crawley was being victimized because you know, you might not, think you do you think that, that no. could have been a, a a white no. woman that called? We don't know. You know, do you think it was a race issue? What? I don't think. I would feel like that um, Professor Gates was victimized. And if they had, if I was a guy and someone came in my house, a white police, and I was an African-American, um, I would have been indignant also. I don't know if I would have said what he said after I showed him my ID and he's seen on my ID that I lived there, yes, I would have got indignant. Okay, I don't know if I would have said what he said, but... Well, how would you have gotten indignant? We want to hear that. How would you have, how would you have handled it if you... Um, how dare you? Who called you to my house, first of all? I need to know who called you to my house. Because this is a small town, and most people in a small town know who lives where. And I would have asked him, how dare you come in here? What is the problem? I live here. I own this house. And I've lived here for years. Okay, but I, I don't know if I would have said something about his mama, but I'm not a man. Men handle situations. You know, it's kind of a gender issue also. Men handle situations different than women do. Oh, and, and, and you know, to uh, to make a, a point, what you said, the uh, uh, the uh, woman that uh, made, made the 911 uh, call, uh, she's, uh, she's, she's a Portuguese uh, uh, de- descent. Uh, in fact, she uh, called for a press conference uh, Thursday uh, afternoon. I've seen after the after the nine one one uh tapes uh were released that uh clearly showed that uh uh she she uh she does not uh she did not uh d- describe race but it's pretty interesting that you uh feel that uh uh she should uh definitely uh uh do some uh, jail time because you know in that press conference uh uh she did mention that you know She's received a lot of hate mail, death threats. Uh, she did. She, I mean, because <laughs> are you because serious? she was wrong. Well, I'm saying I might not go as far as to, you know, it's wrong to send her death death threats and hate mail. However, she kind of left herself open for it because it's a small town. You knew he lived there. And you've probably passed that area several times at that time of night. I'm sure you know that man was going in his own house, yet you picked up the phone and called 911. Cambridge is a very small community, very small. And everybody, I'm from a small community, and everybody knows where everybody lives. And the police even know where everybody lives. 
because it's a small community, and that's how small communities operate. And uh, not, not not only is Cambridge a small co- uh, co- community, which is uh, uh, that's a that's a Boston uh, a suburb by uh, by exactly because Boston exactly. is between Cambridge and Foxborough. But, exactly. Uh, but I'm but my whole point is, I doubt seriously if that woman did not know who Gates was, and if it was me or you, we would be in jail right now for a false police call. Why is she any better or different than any other American? That's a that, that that's a pretty interesting point that you uh, uh, bring out there, uh, Miss Miss Clark. Is if you, I, or uh, Lardy Miss Clark uh, her, her, herself had uh, uh, called uh, had made that exact same nine one one call, we we would have uh, been, been arrested or or at least been fined or. Uh, uh, ticketed for uh, filing a uh, false uh, police report. And I just, Obama, I just feel Obama has been victimized from day one he's been in office, and I feel sorry for him. He's got so much on him. He tries to please everybody. They start getting mad because he said what he said. But honestly, the Cambridge police acted stupidly. That's why later they dropped the charges. It's obvious every, to everybody that they he that they acted stupidly. How dare them say that they want an apology? Why? Because because it, because <laughs> Obama president. I mean, why should you deserve an apology? You arrested this renowned professor that's been a professor running the African American Department at Harvard for years. Why should you deserve an apology? Well, it's. It, it, Oh, I I just want to add this note right uh, right uh, right quick, B, because you uh, di- didn't listen last uh, la- last week, Miss Miss Clark, as as far as addressing the uh, uh, race issues. You you brought up a pretty interesting point about everybody uh, calling for an an apology. Well, here's mm-hmm. something what me and Lardy Miss Clark are going to do right now as far as in uh, calling someone out for an apology. I'm calling out. Bert Pulaski of Townhall.com, so the the uh, a a a Christian uh, radio network, to apologize to the Obamas for going on his show and calling Michelle Obama a bitch. Now that was some deep stuff right there. Definitely, we did hold that particular um, uh, show from last week talking about that because it's, it's really hard to believe, and this is a Christian radio station that did this was happening on. And whether we know that uh, this, this, this gentleman was Jew or Polish, which one was, was he, Polish? Uh, he, he's Polish. Okay, you know. Now, he's still a minority as far as we are concerned because the only supreme that's being that calls themselves, you know, pure is, you know, the Caucasian run. You know, I'm saying the Caucasian race, but he's still a minority. You know, he's still of color. You know, whether he's got a lighter skin color or not, the point of it is is that he made a racial slur that cannot be denied, and definitely he definitely should apologize and be held accountable, just like all the rest of them that we have talked about and we have stood up against to speak on, that they need to apologize 
about what they have done and be held accountable. So with that, you know, we're getting down to the wire here, and I would like to take another break, and then we will come back with uh, the Internet National Fraud Information Center on uh, advice for victims. You know, at least, you know, that's the most that I could do is to help those out there that may be going through such uh, 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 issues as we have talked about throughout our tenure uh, here on the Blog Talk Radio Show. And again, you know, we want to thank the Blog Talk Radio uh, that has uh, uh, created this uh, particular um, um, site for, you know, various of people like ourselves to come on and to share our views and bring some different news to uh, to the hearers that uh, that in in areas like victimization and fraud. So we'll we'll be right back. I need to take a break and you know and let's reflect on some of these things. And I'll come back with uh, with the subject of the fraud toolbox advice for victims. We'll be right back right here on the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show.
Now, you know I sound bad, but, hey, I couldn't help that. You know, sometimes I could be an outlaw, but I've got to be wise about how I'm outlawing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I just want to say, hey, y'all, I am back right here on the Lardy Miss Party blog talk radio show. Of course, I am your host, Lardy Miss Party, and you know for sure your co-host is Brother Blondie. We all live right here at Columbus, Ohio, giving you what we got on Stand Up, Speak Up, and Speak Out, and also bringing you other issues that you know you may be interested in. And perhaps you can call in at our call-in number and give us your views and your comments, which is 347-884-8684. Again, I'll repeat it. 347-884-8684. And don't forget, every time you call in, please bring down or cut down your speaker or your phone speaker so that it won't have so many reverb, you know, issues going on where other people cannot uh, listen after the show on what's going on on the current affairs of whatever that we've talked about. And I appreciate that. Now, getting back to the Internet National Fraud Information Center Watch, which just is coming from the Fraud Toolbox for advice for victims. But before I go into that, I want Brother Blondie to hit us on what that music was. Of course, we know we in a war, but definitely, you know, I'll keep it over there with uh, Brother Blondie and let him tell you. Brother Blondie, give us what, uh, what is, what's happening. Well, this song's going out to uh, Barack Obama, Professor Gates, and Sergeant Crowley. The name of that 1982 hit from war is simply entitled Outlaw. <laughs> I mean, I figure, you know, that puts somewhat of a uh, ring to it. I'd rather dedicate that to them than their other song, Why Can't We Be Friends? <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay, why can't we be friends? I mean, but, <laughs> that, is a, that is a solution to a problem, I but mean, now but, not everybody wants to be friends. We in war, remember? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean but you know, and, uh, uh, like, like like I said, uh, you, you know, again, we're having an all-war uh, Saturday night, uh, uh, paying a, a tribute to that uh, wonderful band out, uh, out in uh, L.A., and uh, you, you you know once again it's uh, uh, good to lay back and mellow sometimes on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk uh, radio show as as you know we uh, uh, sure uh, you know ex- you know mention our views and you know uh, stand up speak up and speak out but in honor of uh, Lardy Miss Clardy uh, uh, you you know she mentioned the you know off the air. Uh, there you you know normally you know yours truly brother blondie you you know I'm the yang I the grit to make the dirt I always show that anger yeah he up, be dirty with it all, all that yeah getting dirty but, but but you know what I'm saying but 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 tonight you know you you know it's it's uh I'll show you more of a mellow side that you know not too many uh, uh people get to uh, see or see or hear. Uh, you, you know, so, so, so you know, it's a, it's a laid back uh, uh, 
uh, charity, but 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 not next not next charity because you know I'm 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 hyped up ready for that African American Wellness Walk. Okay. That, that will be at the neighborhood house next Saturday morning, August eighth at seven a.m. for the screening, and the race starts at nine. And for further information of an African American Wellness Walk. For those in Columbus, Ohio, for further de- uh, information, uh, uh, you can contact the neighbor, uh, the African American Wellness Walk. The number is area code 614-515-1391. That's area code 614-515-1391. Very much. Thank you. I think... I don't know. Can you, can you hear me over there? Can anybody hear me? I want to make sure you can hear me. Is yeah, we, is, yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Well, you know, I, I want I want to first, before I start, I want to say, you know, there is a website that we have, uh, which is called familiesandvictimsoffraud.com. And the issue to that is, if you go up on that website and you look and you read the information on there, there is also a uh, a contribution button that is there. If you feel as though that uh, we are doing a good job at what we do and you want to give a contribution, it can be a penny, it can be whatever you choose it to be, but, you know, we would like to take this money that you give us so that we can continue to be on the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. They have some premium host feature packets that, you know, I would like to get. You know, um, we do our best, you know, to make sure that we can bring, you know, uh, with what we have uh, to the table to let you know what's going on. But if you feel as though that we are worthy, you know, to have a contribution from you, it will help us as we are furthering our endeavors with the Blog Talk Radio Show. Again, we give them thanks for what they have done in allowing us to be on their show to bring what news and what issues and what solutions and, and inspiration to, you know, the listeners that will listen. But we would like to <clears throat> touch a broader a broader uh, a group of people out there, and they have these uh, different um, um, features that we can use that, you know, sometimes, you know, money, you know, is a little bit, you know, a little bit low to be able to get them. But if you feel as though that we have done a good job, please, you know, by all means, on the website of www.familiesandvictimsoffraud.com, there is, you can look on the site, this is a legit business, and uh, the business is ran also with part to do with what we do here on the Blog Talk Radio Show. So if you feel deemed, please, Give us a contribution. You know, you don't get anything not unless you ask. So we thought to ask. I am asking. You know, I do a lot of giving charities to people, and so there's nothing wrong with asking. So I am going further to say thank you for all of what you do in terms of listening to us, giving you, giving us your comments and different things, and I am thankful to that. So 
we're going to go back on over to uh, Internet National Fraud Informational Center here, and there's tips to help fraud victims. Now, of course, we talk about fraud from the cradle to the grave, whether it's infidelity all the way through, and anything else that the guests might want to talk about or what we may bring to the table to talk about. And remember, I had said that fraud victims may feel a range of emotions, and I left that to you for you to think about, which is anger and shame and guilt and fear and uh, frustration um, and concern. Okay, they also have here that law enforcement and social and social uh, services agencies can't solve all of these problems. Uh, they say that they may be able to help fraud victims work their way through them, though. And it says here it's important for fraud victims to understand that it could happen to anyone, people of all ages, sexes, mental capacities, income brackets, education levels, occupations, and origins fall victim to various scams. And with that alone, I'll to let you all know out there that you're not alone when it comes to victimization and fraud. They said they said they say here, shift the blame from the victim to the perpetrators. Crooks appeal to human nature. We all want to believe that it's that it's our lucky day. And it says, who is now on the lookout for fraud and reports attempted scams to you? Oh, excuse me, I was on the wrong wrong page here. And, <laughs> really? and they, yeah, I was on the wrong page. And that they are very skillful at convincing people that their promises are true. Now, how many times have people been lied to? You know, people get lied to every single day. We get duped about something, whether it's in our personal lives, all the way down to our constitution. So, therefore, there, you know, there, there is a way to look at this. They said it's not a matter of the victims being foolish or greedy, even if they were. The fact is, is that it's not right for crooks to steal money or lie to them. Now, it says here, encourage victims to report the fraud. How many times have this been said on the TV, on any, anywhere where they're trying to bring fraud as an awareness or victimization as an awareness? We always talk about it. Stand up, speak up, and speak out. Of course, you know we have people that scare us into silence. But we don't need to be silent about these things. Report the fraud. We don't care if it's domestic violence. We don't care if it's, you know, uh, stealing money, stealing the house, stealing your clothes, stealing, you, you know, stealing your life, you know, from you. Tell somebody, okay? And it says reassure the victims about their physical safety. You know, let's give an example. Telemarketing and Internet fraud are conducted remotely. The crooks are usually far away from their victims and unlikely to cause them any physical harm, though they may attempt to harass them by contacting them uh, repeatedly using profane language. Now, that's, you know, when we're talking about domestic violence of any type, because anymore you can go to jail just from threatening. You don't got to beat on the man or woman no more. All you got to do is say, I'm going to kick your butt and go downtown and go to jail. So they got, they got laws that will help 
in this area to reassure you that you have safety from physical harm, okay? And then they say be realistic with the victims. And how many times do we need to be realistic with one another? While you want to encourage victims to provide the information, we need to avoid raising false hopes. Money lost to crooks may be gone for good because they can't be found. They're beyond the practical reach of the law. Now, I might have something to say about that. Again, education is the key. If you are uh, a person that has, uh, you know, no education in this in this area, you know, get education. Be self-sufficient. Sometimes you can't find it unless it's you that's finding it. Sometimes you can't get a, an attorney or whatever to help you. Or, it's, you know, just learn to get educated for yourself. And you will be all right because if you know what practical parts of the law that can be used in your benefit, then so be it. The other is is turn victims into fraud fighters, and that's what I'm about. Turning victims into fraud fighters. And what I mean by that is stand up, speak up, and speak out, you know, because they can't stand a person to be nothing but mouth. <laughs> they don't like people to talk. And if you talk, you know they know that they can't get away with it with you. And so it says the primary concern of most victims is to get their money back. And we ain't talking about money but your pride, your, your confidence, your self-esteem, your respect, anything that's got to do with, you know, uh, being victimized of any category of this. But many also want to prevent others from falling for the same scam. That's what Lardy Miss Cardi Blog Talk Radio Show is here for because we have turned our victimization into fighting and standing up and speaking up and speaking out about it and to give you encouragement and give you inspiration to do the same. So they say they may, they may, may also be perpetrators even if no money is recovered. They, they're saying the willingness, they may also be willing to have their stories used in the media. So if you have an issue, something's going on, there's somebody out here that is willing to hear your story and put it on even if you don't want your name to even be mentioned. We will help right here on the Lardy Miss Cardi Blog Talk Radio Show, whether it's here in Columbus, Ohio, or whether it's in Kalamazoo. The point is you have somewhere to come to get heard. We want real people with real issues, and we come with some solutions. So I'm hoping that uh, this information that I have given you uh, so far will be useful. Okay, and I will talk more on the fraud toolbox advice in some of the other things, uh, other issues that we may talk about. So I may bring this back up again and 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 refresh your memory on things that need to be talked about on what to do to help yourself. And with that, I am going to close down with about five minutes on the talk of the NAACP business right here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, again, uh, NAACP has a court watch program that's right here in Columbus, Ohio. 
Uh, they also help to educate citizens about the processes used to appoint or select prosecutors and judges. They educate citizens about the procedures used to sanction or remove these government employees from improper conduct. They do examinations uh, on the charging decisions and plea bargains to detect whether overcharging is used. They determine whether prosecutors and judges are considering the mental health needs of alleged offenders. And some studies suggest nearly one-third of all defendants are suffering from some form of severe mental health problem. And then they also, this court watch, also recommend changes to improve jury and selection process for criminal and civil cases, okay? And then, you know, lastly, these recommendations or suggestions for change will be done in consultation with attorneys, judges, and other court officers. Of course, you've got good judges as well as bad judges that's in office. So, you know, we hope that we always will be in, you know, in some kind of uh, uh, communication with somebody that's willing to do the job. But the NAACP is an inspiration to inspire people to do their jobs. And also linked on with this situation, you know that uh, Obama has talked about, you know, the profiling or the misconduct of police on, on that level. We have it down here on the grassroots level. We have what you call the stop bad cops, okay? And they have a, a website, and that website is www.stopbadcops.com. Okay, and this is a Community Leadership Council for Justice supported by the NAACP and other representatives uh, that are alike, to have the like minds to want to help in stopping injustices that's going on here in Columbus, Ohio. And I suggest that you know, all that listens to this program, that they find a way to get hooked up with their NAACP organization because it is time to stand up, speak up, and speak out. And that's it, and that's all I'm going to say about that. And I thank you very much for your time and your, and your ear, listening ear to listen to us. But I am going to send it right back on over here to Brother Blondie so that he can give us a soft touch about himself. Now, you heard what he said. Now, watch out there now, y'all. He got something for us, so don't get blown away because he'll be his old self again next week, he said. Brother Blondie, hit us up on what it is that you want to say to us. Well, uh, Lordy, Miss Cardi, in honor of, you know, my softer, gentler side, uh, you know, I want to uh, read something by Coach Ken and Mary Woods, you know, very inspiring uh, uh, people. And here's a question. Are you committed? And, you know, hello, champions today. And here's what, you know, the ten things that I feel we all need to be uh, committed to so we can be better human beings and, you know, live in better harmony so we won't face the situations that a Professor Gates or a Sergeant Crowley would, uh, you you know, uh, uh, face like they did a couple weeks ago. And here's the ten things I feel that people need to be committed to. First of all, 
be committed to God. And also be committed to integrity. Be also committed to positive thinking. Be committed to loving people. Be committed to riches, wealth, and prosperity. <laughs> I, that's more like a hip-hop commitment. <laughs> With the bling, you know what I'm saying? Uh, here we go, and, y'all. Uh, uh, let, let's see. In, uh, you, you know, this used to be my weak spot, but I'm uh, I'm going to say this because uh, I'm uh, getting better at this one. Be committed to admitting when you are wrong. I mean, uh uh, I guess uh, Crowley should have gotten that one, huh? Be committed to getting yeah. things done today. Also be committed to your family, your goals, and your dreams. Be committed to discipline, focus, passion, and purpose. And the final one, my personal favorite, above all, be committed to being a humble servant. Oh, now you know that hurts plenty of people that don't know about how to be humble. Now, you know, again, Brother Blondie, you know, now y'all heard it from Brother Blondie himself. Now, did he really sound convincing? Because, boy, oh, boy, this is like, he's like, uh, you know, he can put you to sleep with that one. That's a lullaby hearing him talk. So soft and so sweet, but most of all, we definitely know. I know for sure that this man is a humble servant. He really is, you know, and that's why he's my co-host. I couldn't have it any better than this, you know. So I think that that's a wonderful way for us to end this evening, you know. On are you committed? And if you are committed, then. These words that just were spoken to you should reign in your heart and in your mind to always consider not just yourself, but everything around you. And most of all, remember that God is number one, and he make everything happen, you know, according to his will. And I'm so blessed with that. And so at the end of our show, uh, we're going to hear war again, you know, the the peace sign, war, the peace sign, okay? And that's their last ever hit single that was in 1994. And, you know, and I'm so blessed uh, that I had this chance to be on the Lawyer Miss Cardi blog talk radio show discussing various topics that are interesting to you. And hopefully that you will give us some feedback. And you can do that at wclardy at familiesandvictimsoffraud.com or you can uh, reach also Brother Blondie as well at brotherblondie at hotmail.com. And, you know, and of course we talk about it so much, but it's also on our, uh, our profile here uh, where you can contact us at. So, again, we want to say to you as, as any human being that has rights, don't forget to stand up, speak up, and speak out. And we are going to end this with war, peace sign. Have a good evening, everybody, and we love you.